So how many of y'all know when you're a teenager, sometimes those thoughts that go through a teenager are not always good thoughts? Would y'all agree? So there was a time when I was a teenager, I had this crazy thought. And the thought that I had was, I want to steal my mom's car. But the only problem is, this car is a brand new car. So I went ahead and acted on that stupid thought. And I went ahead and got the keys, went into the car, put the keys in the ignition, and went ahead and started to get in the ride. And I thought it was all that in a bag of chips, y'all. I mean, I'm mobbing deep. I'm 15 years old. I have no license. I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing my thing. Yeah, check me out. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, I get to my high school. Now, when I get to my high school, I see my friends. My friends see me in a car. Now, they thought I was cool. I thought I was cool. I thought I was legit, y'all. You got to understand, I'm 15 years old. I don't have a license. I swoop up my mom's ride, and I'm all that, right? You know what I'm saying? That I had this other crazy thought, and the thought that I had for some reason is I'm going to go ahead and floor the pedal. But the only problem was is I forgot to put the car in drive, and the car was still in reverse. And so instead of me going forward, I go backwards. Now... Sadly to say, I ran into a white picket fence. The guy comes out of his house. He's like, hey, get over here. In my mind, I'm thinking, heck no, I'm out. I'm out of here. My friends are like, dang, look what happened. You know, they're tripping out. And I bounce. I get to my house. I go into my house. I put the keys up on the counter. And I leave the house. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, my mom's going to kill me. My stepdad's going to kill me. I might as well sign my life away. My friends are not going to see me anymore. I mean, this is it, y'all. I am done. So finally, I just must up some power on the inside and I said, I got to face my issue. And so I go back home and there is my mom and my stepdad and I already knew it's all over their face. Like I'm busted. I'm in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble by the cops, all those different things. The cops end up coming or one cop came to my house and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to go to juvenile hall. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm crying y'all at 15 years old, a teenager boy crying. I don't want to go to juvenile hall. I'm sorry for, you know, all these different things, right? All these things were going through my head but the truth be is growing up as a child I put my mom through so much you see I said some hurtful things to her I've said some harmful things to her I was the kid that would walk around in the house and just because I had anger issues and blaming issues and I would begin to cuss my mom out and even knowing that I did all those things my mom found ways how she would always choose to forgive me and love me through it. I mean, out of anyone, my mom had every right to cut me off out of her life because of all the hell that I put her through. But for some reason, my mom always chose to forgive me and love me. And I believe I'm where I'm at today because of God and because my mom always showed me God's love and God's forgiveness. In fact, the central truth of God's love or the central truth of the Bible is that God is love. You see, I believe one of the most life-changing forces on the earth today is God's love. You see, the Bible says God is love. In fact, the Bible talks about and says that one of the greatest commands and second command is to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. 
There's a scripture in Galatians where it says that faith is activated by love or faith works by love. The Bible also talks about in John that they will know that we are his followers based off how we treat each other or how we love each other. It's kind of like this TV that, I, that I'm staring at right now. You see, there, there, there are a whole lot of uh, frequencies coming to this TV. And, and in other words, there, there are a whole lot of channels to choose from. But I get to choose what channel I'm going to connect to. And whatever channel I connect to is what I'm going to receive. So if I want to connect to God and continue to experience this best life that God has for me, I have to choose to be on God's channel. Come on, somebody. You see, the Bible says it like this in Romans chapter five, that God's love has been poured into our hearts. In other words, what God is saying, the moment you gave your life to Jesus, God's love now lives on the inside of you. And because of God's love living on the inside of you, now you've been empowered to be able to love like Jesus love. What kind of love is this? The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 4, and it says it like this. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. All these are showing us the different ways how we can walk in God's love. All these are showing us different ways how we stay on God's channel. But you know what gets us off of God's channel? You know what tries to get the best of us? And this morning, I would love to share with you one of the things that gets us off of God's channel. And that is simply holding on to unforgiveness. So today I would love to share from you in the Bible a story of a man that was a king and he had everything. And the Bible talks about how in this situation he had a servant and how the servant owed him one billion dollars. And so the king went to the man and said, you owe me pretty much, joker. You know what I'm saying? Like, you owe me some cash. You owe me some money. And the Bible says the servant began to plead and ask for mercy and ask for some compassion. And the Bible says that he got on his face and he began to plead. And, and I don't know where the Bible says that the king was uh, forgave him of all of his huge debt. Now, the same man that was hu- uh, forgiven by his huge debt had the same situation that took place. And what happened was he had a servant underneath him and he owed that servant some money. And so that servant went to that servant that owed him money. And the Bible says he grabbed him by the throat and says, you owe me, you better pay me. Or if not, I'm going to throw you in prison. So one of the associates of the king heard about this servant not forgiving the person that owed him money. And he calls him back to the palace and says, hey, I've forgiven you of all your debt. Hey, I've given you mercy. Hey, I've given you compassion. How come is it that you never gave that person the same love? How is it that you did not give that same person compassion? How is it that you didn't give that same person Mercy, just like how I was compassionate with you. And because you chose not to forgive and because you chose not to give compassion, you're going to be thrown in prison until your debt is paid in full. I mean, we would all agree, man, like this guy is crazy, right? But I think a lot of times we do that too, if you think about it. I mean, think about it. When someone, when you wrong someone, you want them to forgive you, right? 
But isn't it funny when someone wrongs you, you sometimes, we sometimes have a hard time to forgive. We sometimes have a hard time to give forgiveness. But I want to share with you today some three simple practical truths that I believe that's going to help us walk in God's forgiveness. And if you're taking notes today, number one is God has forgiven us. So you see, the story that I shared not too long ago was that man was forgiven of his huge debt. And the truth be told, the reality is we have been forgiven of a huge debt. I'm reminded of a scripture in Romans in chapter 5 where it talks about while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet making mistakes and falling short and while we were doing things we shouldn't be doing in the middle of our issue, in the middle of our dysfunction, in the middle of our failures, God sent his son Jesus to die for humanity. While we, humanity, all of us, none of us deserve to be forgiven. But God so loved you, God so loved me, that he sent his son so we can be in right standing with God. You see, God sent his son Jesus so that we can have peace with God. You see, God sent his son Jesus so we wouldn't be wraths with God. Or in other words, that God would not be angry with us and that we would have peace with God. You see, the reason why we've been forgiven is because of Jesus The reason why you and I have been forgiven of our past mistakes and our failures and our shortcomings because of Jesus. Did I tell you earlier because of his great love that was demonstrated for you and I while we were doing the things we shouldn't be doing? God sent his son Jesus and he died on the cross for humanity so that we can receive his Forgiveness. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, we wouldn't be in right standing with God. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, we wouldn't be able to stand before God and have a true, authentic relationship with God. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I got some good news for you. You may have gone through some things. You may have done some things and you feel like you have not been forgiven. But I need you to know something. God has forgiven you because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, while I was doing the things that I was doing growing up as a kid, God forgave me. While I was getting in fights the way I was getting in fights, God forgave me. While I was fighting with my mom and being hurtful and evil, Christ died for me and he forgave me. Maybe there's some people in this place tonight or this morning, I should say, that needs some forgiveness or needs to be told that that you've been forgiven. I'm here to let you know that God wants to forgive you of your mistake. God wants you to know today that he's wiped away your past as far as the east as the west. That he says, put me to the test for I am the God that no longer remembers your mistakes. I am the God that no longer remembers your shortcoming. I don't know about you, but that's some good news celebration, church. That's something to be grateful for. That's something to be thankful for. That's something to be excited for. I don't know about you, but the reason why I get excited the way I get excited is because he forgave me 
And when you truly understand how he really paid the price for you, man, we would get excited in this place because if it had not been for the blood of Jesus, all of us would be on our way to hell. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, all of us would be doomed to our destruction. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus, none of us would be able to stand together and to be able to worship our creator. But because of the love of Jesus Christ, you and I can stand before God in right standing as we have never sinned because he made us spotless and blameless because of the blood of Jesus. He has forgiven you because of the blood of Jesus. He has wiped away your past mistake, your present mistake, your future mistake. Who am I talking to this morning, baby? Someone needs to know that my God has forgiven you and the reason why he has forgiven you is because of the blood of Jesus. Ha. He paid the price for you. He laid his life down for you and he thought you were priceless enough to come to the earth so you and I can have a true authentic relationship with him. Someone needs to know that God has forgiven us of our huge debt. Therefore, we can forgive those that have wronged us. Amen. Number two, if you're taking notes, we just got started, y'all. Forgiveness is a choice. Uh, forgiveness is a choice. I don't think you heard me. Forgiveness is a choice. You see, notice in the story when I was sharing with you earlier that that man had a choice to forgive. And he chose not to forgive the servant. You see, no one can make you forgive and no one can make you hold on to a grudge. We have a choice. We have a free will. Why is it hard at times to forgive? Why is it hard at times to let it go? I think one of the reasons why it's hard to forgive, one of the reasons why it's hard to let it go, one of the reasons why, can I be real, one of the reasons why it may be hard for you to forgive your spouse or for you to forgive your coworker, or for you to forgive your boss or for you to forgive your kids is because sometimes we allow our emotions to get involved. Sometimes we allow our pride to get involved. Can I be real with you? There's been many times I've allowed my pride or I've allowed my emotions to get the best of me. And because of that, that's why it's hard to forgive. But I need you to understand something. You can forgive. Why? It's because the Bible says when you gave your life to Jesus, for those that gave the life to Jesus, you have received God's love. You see, the truth be is that we can't forgive on our own strength. We can't forgive on our own power. But we've been given the Holy Spirit, which is the empowerment to be able to forgive. You see, my friend, you got the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You have the love of God living on the inside of you. Therefore, you can forgive. Forgive. See, the reality is sometimes, again, why it's hard to be able to forgive is because we live by how we feel, but we need to stop living by how we feel, and we need to start living by what we believe, and what we believe is the truth of God's word. And the way we renew our mind is with God's 
word, the way we change the old way of thinking and get the right way of thinking is through the word of God. And if you want to learn how to forgive, look how Jesus forgave. Like, check it out, y'all. If anyone had every right to hold on to unforgiveness, it would be our Savior. But man, he understood the importance of the power of forgiving. I mean, he grew up with the brother. He had a mom and dad. And I'm sure James got annoyed with Jesus because Jesus was like perfect 24-7. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus chose to forgive too, the Bible says. Did you know that Jesus was 100% God and he was 100% man and he came to the earth like you and I? He had feelings like you did. He had emotions like you did. He understood like you and I did. He was raised with the family like you and I have been raised in the family. And I'm telling you, there's probably been many times where Jesus was tested. Did you know the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in all like manner like you and I, but the difference between you and I is Jesus never gave into that temptation. But I got some good news for you because Jesus not given to that temptation. Now you have the empowerment not to give into that temptation. That's just a side note real quick, but I want to encourage someone. You begin to get in the word of God. God begins to show you the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how Jesus walked this earth, how Jesus went about his business. I mean, you begin to look in God's word and you begin to get fascinated and be like, wow, check that out. How was it that Jesus was able to respond that way? How is it that Jesus is able to treat people? See, God's word will show you how Jesus treated people. And I want to see how Jesus treated people. I want to see how Jesus responded to people. You see, Jesus knew when to be the lion and Jesus knew when to be the lamb. Meaning Jesus knew at that moment in that time it was the right time to be able to show kindness and goodness. Jesus shows us how we should go about loving people. And the reality is this. We have to get an understanding like Jesus because Jesus will help us and show us how we need to forgive how we need to let it go and how we need to understand like he understood. You see, the reason why he understood is because he understood this. He understood that hurting people hurt people. Let me say it again. He understood that hurting people hurt people. The reason why sometimes individuals hurt you or you've been hurt by them or you may have hurt someone is because truly deep down humanity is broken. Truly deep down humanity is hurt. I mean, think about it. Why do you think Jesus said when he hung on the cross and when he hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And we got to have that same perspective like our Jesus. And the beautiful thing is we can because we got God's love living on the inside of us. And the beautiful thing is that we can be able to start seeing people the way Jesus sees people. You see, God and Jesus begin to look at humanity with compassion. And I think it'd be a good idea if we, as a family of celebration, we begin to look at our spouse. We begin to look at our children. Come on, let's be real, somebody. I mean, I'm being vulnerable. I'm being real. There's times, as you know, my wife tests my love walk. And there's times where I test her love walk. There's times where she forgives me. And there's times I got to forgive her. I mean, can I be a little real in this place? Because I know some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're probably on your way to church and you and your spouse were in an argument. You know? what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Maybe because your wife is always late and the husband's like ready to go get to church. You know what I'm saying? Who am I talking to? You know what I mean? Or whatever that may be. But at the end of the day, you can forgive and you can walk in God's love because when you get an understanding from God's perspective, you begin to see life completely different. And when you begin to see life the way God sees life, it makes it easier to forgive. Hurting people hurt people. 
So from here on out, stop letting people hurt you and start hurting for people. Ah, come on, somebody. Instead of letting people hurt you, start hurting for them. Start coming from a place of compassion. Because you don't know what's going on in the world. Perhaps maybe they lost a loved one. Or or perhaps maybe they got in an argument in the fight. Or perhaps they're just having a bad day and things are not looking good for them. And maybe they're going through some things. But we have the opportunity to be able to show God's love and give God's love. And to be able to forgive and to be able to show those around us the importance that forgiveness is a choice. I said forgiveness is a choice. Not only that, but number two is take action. See, sometimes it takes more than just thinking in your head that you've forgiven someone and you have to put God's love into action. Now, what do I mean by that? According to Matthew chapter five, verse 44, it's about to get real up in here, y'all. It says it like this. This is Jesus talking. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Now, time out, y'all. Love my enemies. I, Jesus, you tripping, Jesus? You know what I'm saying? The last service, man, like last service, I was like, man, like, you, man, like, man, I smoked weed all back in the days, and I'm like, you tripping, Jesus? Like, you serious here? Love your enemies? Yo, come on, somebody. A lot of times it's easier said than done. You mean lo- lo- love, love that person? Lo- love my enemy? Like, I don't want to love my enemy right now. I want to jack up my my enemy. Like, I want to put him in check. I remember one time growing up as a, as a kid in, in middle school, y'all, and this guy got crazy with me. And he, got, and, and he, he, he threw the basketball at me. I said, you throw that at me again, I'm going to jack you up. So you know what he does? He throws a ball at me. Oh, it was on. It was on. You know what I did? I, he, he sucker punched me, and I said, you're about to beep, beep. That's what I said to him. <laughs> and you know what I did? Boom! He grabs me, I'm all, bam, bam, I headbutt him twice, broke his teeth, DDT'd him to the ground, blood's everywhere, all the kids, you know, middle school running around the circle, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I was, I was laying down the law, he, guess what, he never messed with me again, I put that joker in place. But now I can't do that anymore. Now we can't do that anymore. We gotta love our enemies. Ah. Come on, somebody. Bless those that curse you. Oh, man. Come on, y'all. Come, let's be real. Bless, the, bless those that curse you? Like, I don't want to bless you. You're tripping. Like, go bless yourself. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But it says, bless those that curse you, right? Man, take them to Starbucks. Don't make it known to them. Hey, man, I'm blessing you because you get on my nerves. So here you go. Uh, Ten bucks on me. Hint, hint. You know what I'm saying? Get it. No, no, we don't work that way, right? But bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. Whoa, do good to those that hate you. That's real. And y'all got haters? I said, y'all got haters? They probably feel the same way too, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Think about it. Pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. Man, come on, man. Let's just be real, y'all. Pray for those. Did y'all just read what I read? Pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. Use you and persecute you. Use you and persecute. What are you supposed to do? Pray for them. We got to take action. Because actions speak louder than words. God wants us to operate in love. God wants us to get on his channel so we can experience the blessing that he has 
for us. So remember, forgiveness is a choice. We all have a choice to make. Let's choose to believe that God knows what's best for us and choose to forgive in spite of our pain. Number three is forgiveness sets us free. If I can get someone up here, please, that'd be awesome to play the keys. Forgiveness sets us free. You see, notice, as I shared earlier, that this servant chose not to forgive. And because he chose not to forgive, he was thrown in prison. You see, holding on to unforgiveness throws us in prison. Holding on to unforgiveness keeps us in prison. Holding on to offense, grudges, bitterness, anger, all those different things really hurting us more than it's hurting them. You see, holding on to unforgiveness is affecting our relationships. Holding on to unforgiveness is affecting our friendships. Holding on to unforgiveness hardens our heart. Holding on to unforgiveness keeps us angry. It steals our peace. It steals our joy. It steals our health. Did you know one of the reasons why people deal with sickness and disease is because they're holding on to unforgiveness? There's a person that serves on the dream team here in Clovis and also at the university campus, and she was sharing the story with me. And this was several years back ago when Sammy Rodriguez came to preach, and he actually preached on the subject of forgiveness. Now, with her, she was dealing with some issues of bitterness and anger because her, her brother was murdered. And when Samuel Rodriguez was talking about forgiving in that moment, can you imagine if your brother was murdered? Can you imagine if your sister was murdered? And she had all that anger and unforgiveness. But when Samuel began to preach on, on the importance of forgiving, she made that decision that night to let it go. And the, she began to share with me that she was dealing with sickness. And when she began to let go of that unforgiveness, she got healed. See, the reality is when we hold on to that, it just distracts us. What does it distract us from? It distracts us from building our best life so we can live our best life. It distracts us from us living the summer of distinction. And the truth be told is when we hold on to unforgiveness, we don't even know, but it's chaining us up and it's weighing us down. Think about it. Have you ever heard the same being offended is like drinking poison, but expecting the other person to die? This is so true. We often think by holding a grudge, we are somehow punishing the other person. But in reality, it's hurting us. You know, not too long ago, I get a text from my mom that my grandpa is not doing that well. So I'm on the phone with my mom and asking her questions. And she's telling me grandpa is at the hospital. So I reached out to Nick and just let him know the situation. And he said, go be a God help to your family. So on a Sunday morning, I went over to the hospital there in Salinas. 
And I show up and I get in the hospital room and I see my grandma that I haven't seen for a while. And there she is crying because her husband's there on her on his deathbed. And I look and there's my grandpa dying. And he knows I'm coming to go pray with him. So I get to the side of his bed and just loving on my grandpa, man. Just loving him, being there for him. And in that moment, I said, Grandpa, I'm going to pray with you, but I want you to pray a prayer with me. So I pray a prayer of miracle that God would heal him from cancer, that God would heal him and heal his body. And then after that, I... He prayed the salvation prayer and he asked Jesus into his heart as a savior. And I wish I could tell you that my grandpa's alive, but he's not alive. He, he ended up passing. But you know what? I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to be able to go there and pray for my grandpa. The opportunity for that. But you know what's crazy in that moment? While all that was going on, while all that was taking place, for some reason, my aunt, for decades, has been holding on to unforgiveness and a grudge towards my mom. Like, this is her own sister. And for some reason, for decades, and in that moment while my grandpa was dying, my aunt refused to look at my mom. My aunt refused to talk to my mom. While my aunt was probably thinking to herself that my mom was the one that was being hurt, but the reality, my aunt was hurting herself. And can I be honest with you? I had every right to be upset. I had every right to be offended. I had every right to be angry at my grandpa. I had every right to be a punk to him. I had every right if I wanted to be like, who cares? Who cares if he dies? I don't care. I had that opportunity. I had that opportunity to show that, to be that to him, to be mean to him. You see, the reason why is because when my mom got pregnant at the age of 15 and 16 years old, my grandparents told my mom to have an abortion. And my grandpa told my mom, if you don't do it, I'll do it myself. Can you imagine what was going through my mom's heart, 15, 16 years old? Can you imagine the thoughts that she was thinking? Can you imagine her own dad saying, if you don't do it, I'll do it? And then my mom was telling me and letting me know and sharing with me and letting me know that she went to the doctor's office and filled out the paperwork. A week later, goes back to the doctor's office, has the gown on, literally in the doctor's room, has the gown on, getting ready to have the procedure. I was getting ready to be aborted. I was getting ready to die. But out of nowhere, and mind you, my mom wasn't a Christian yet. And my mom wasn't serving God yet. And at 16 years old, out of nowhere, she heard something tell her that this child will do much. And I'm alive today on this platform to let you know because my mom was obedient, I'm alive today. 
I'm so glad I had a voice, someone that stuck up for me, and that voice was my God. That voice was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That God is the God of the Bible. And you may be a critic and not believe in God, but God has done too much for me to show how real he is. Because that promise that God gave my mom when she was 15 and 16 years old came to pass. And the crazy thing about it is that the very person that wanted to kill me, the very person that wanted to take me out, God used me to bring my grandpa to Jesus. Ah. YouTube, I need you to know something today. I need you to understand something today. You can walk in forgiveness. You can walk in forgiveness like I walked in forgiveness. Celebration, you can walk in forgiveness. Celebration, you can let go of that hurt, that pain. The pain that your husband put you through, you can let it go. The pain that your wife put you through, you can let it go. The sister, the aunt, whoever, the disappointment, all and above, you can forgive that person. You may need to call up that person and say, you know what, I love you and I forgive you. Would you forgive me? Maybe you're in this place this morning and you're having a hard time of forgiving yourself, but I need you to know something. It's time to forgive yourself. Maybe you're in this place this morning and you just need to understand the importance of why we walk in forgiveness. It's time to forgive yourself. It's time to forgive. It's time to let it go. There's many of you in this room that are hurt. There's many of you in this room are confused. There's many of you in this room that have letdowns and disappointments. There's many of you in this room that you're upset with God because you think God did it, but God did not do it. And the God that did not do it, what he wants to do is wrap his arms around you. And the God that I know loves you. And the God that I know, his love is reckless. And the God that I know, he laid his life down for you. And the God that I know is in love with you. The God that I know, his love is extravagant. The God that I know says, I have forgiven you. The God that I know will never give up on you. The God that I know personally has a purpose for your life. And the purpose that he has for your life is for you to forgive so that you can walk in the favor so you can walk in the blessing so you can walk in the favor of almighty god it's time for celebration church to walk truly in the summer of distinction i'm here to tell you it's time for you to walk in the blessing it's time for you to walk in the empowerment it's time for you to walk in divine favor for the favor of god surrounds you like a shield and it's time to let it go so you can walk in God's best for your life. Amen. It's time to walk in freedom. If you can close your eyes and bow your heads with no one looking around, I just want to create a space and a place for God to move in your heart. The same God that tagged my heart is the same God that's going to tag someone's heart this morning. Right now, between you and God, 
I just want you, whatever that thought is, whatever that may be, whatever it is, I want you just to give it to Him. God sees you up late at night crying and God sees you broken. God sees you hurt and God wants to heal you today. God sees the rejection. God sees the abandonment. And God wants to bring healing to you today. There's some people in here that you don't have your real dad. I didn't have my real dad. And I wanted my dad. I wanted my real dad. I wanted to know what what did he look like and how did he talk? And there's people in here, you never had a dad. And God wants to heal you and God wants to show you true love. There's people in here, you feel like you've done too much. But there's never too much for God to stop loving you. There's people in here, you, you've been running. You've been running. It's time to run to Jesus. I know there's some people in here where you've had a misunderstanding of who God is and you think God is mad at you, but God is not mad at you. God loves you. God, I pray for the person in here, God, that bad things happened to them when they were children, the kids, and it's affecting their adult life today. It's caused strongholds to come in and hurt them. And they're dwelling on it and they're pondering on it and they can't go to sleep. Could I pray and I ask God that you bring supernatural healing? Could I ask that you bring healing to the broken heart? That you bring healing to us this morning, God. In this moment, God, I ask God that you begin to restore our broken heart as if it never happened. Could I pray and I ask God that you bring restoration? to situations that only you can restore. Can I ask God that you begin to tug the hearts of humanity in this place this morning and I ask Father God that you begin to bring healing. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your reckless love. Your love that is extravagant love is beyond comprehension. God, I ask would you just shower us with your love, with the winds of heaven minister to us right now in this moment. And oh, the overwhelming never-ending reckless love of God. And oh, Chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. Yes, God. And I couldn't earn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. And oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. 
no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Yes, God. There's no wall you won't keep down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. It's your moment right now. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. It's your moment right now. Mm, there's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down. Coming after me, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me. Oh, no.
Bible says all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you're in this building this morning and you would love to have the opportunity to ask Jesus into your heart, I want to give you that opportunity, that invitation this morning. With no one looking around us, I count to three. I want to know who we're praying with this morning. If you want to make that decision and ask Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, one, two, three, lift those hands up. That's awesome. As a church family, please pray this prayer with me. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and rose on the third day. I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and forgive me of all of my sins. I ask you to make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 